0: everyone, thank you for joining us again as we look at the message given to the prophet Habakkuk. I'd like us to get straight into this study, so please find the book of Habakkuk in your Bibles and we'll make a start. We're also going to be looking at a number of other verses, uh, particularly in the New Covenant, the New Testament. So um, you might want to jot these references down and look at them again at your leisure and see how everything ties in together. So let's continue looking at chapter 2 and consider together Habakkuk's lesson of living a life of faith when reality bites. We finished last time at the crux of Habakkuk's message which is found in verse 4 of chapter 2. The righteous will live by his faith. The righteous will live by his faith. This is a truth and for us by Paul in these New Covenant letters to the congregations that he helped to establish. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 Paul says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. In, In the book of Hebrews and chapter 11 verse 1, within this special letter that was written specifically to Jewish believers in Jesus, we read this wonderful verse. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. Faith is fundamentally a matter of active trust. It's a decisive action of our will. To actively trust God completely in every situation whether that situation is good or whether it's bad. The new covenant theme of faith builds on the truth that we saw in Habakkuk 1, that God, despite everything that we might see going on around us, is in perfect control. So it is the catalyst by which the truths we learned in Habakkuk 1 find their reality in the believer's life. But let me start with a question. Where does faith start in our lives? Where does faith start in our lives? And Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith is introduced into our lives through the word of God, either written or spoken. Now this might seem quite an obvious point to make, but it is essential that we grasp it. You'd be amazed how many Christians miss this and are constantly wondering why their spiritual life is so topsy-turvy. They rely on their feelings or the latest ideas or words uh, spoken by their favourite Bible teacher or speaker, whatever their background or their ministry. Now don't get me wrong, I do believe that God does speak to us through the ministry of others. But we need to always remember that faith is not generated through people's mind or intellect. It's not generated by their interpretation of what they think the Bible means, but by the word of God. See, Paul is explaining here that to trust in God's purposes for our lives, of which salvation is the most important and fundamental aspect, is found in God's word alone. Although Paul explains in 1 Corinthians 1 that this message of salvation is spread and conveyed through the foolishness of preaching, the message itself is established in our hearts through God's revelation to us in the scriptures. So here we have the litmus test for the gospel. Does the gospel that we hear so often these days fully accord with the word of God? Think about that for a moment. If it does not, then it is a different gospel. And that is why we are encouraged to test what we hear against God's word. The gospel that we seek to preach in our church is the gospel of Jesus the Messiah and his redeeming work on the cross. As Paul puts it, we preach Christ crucified. I've said it before and I'll continue to say it. We preach Christ crucified crucified we preach that mankind are sinners and that the only way to come to god is through jesus to do so is to experience saving faith saving faith this is where we start as followers of jesus through saving faith This is where faith is introduced and established firmly into our lives. Saving faith requires both repentance and obedient faith or trust in the regenerating work of salvation in our lives through God's grace. The message of the prophets in the old covenant is contained within the Hebrew word teshuva, to return and follow God. And in doing so, trust God for everything, to live and walk by faith. It required the decisive action of turning around and following God. And this was often demonstrated by those heroes of faith that we read about in Hebrews 11. And the Bible characters that Pastor Steve has been talking about over these last few weeks. This is what Abraham did when he left his home in Ur of the Chaldees for Canaan, an unknown land that God would give him and his family and their descendants forever. This is what Moses, God's man for the moment in bringing the Israelites out of Egypt, did when he followed the God of Israel and did God's mighty wonders. They turned their back on their former lives to serve God often not knowing the possible outcome of their actions. They believed God despite this. Their will was turned to God. They then showed faithfulness to God in their actions on a continual basis. This is what counted to them for righteousness. In the New Covenant, the Greek word metanoia is used. It again describes an act of will. The decision to repent, to literally turn around and walk in the opposite direction, to leave ungodly lives and sin behind and completely believe and trust God for everything through faith in Jesus and his sacrifice for sin on the cross for our eternal future. Essentially to return to our creator, God eternal, to be restored back to the Father. As I said previously, the secret of walking with God is taking Messiah's yoke upon us and to live by faith in Messiah's righteousness. We are justified, that is, we are made righteous and clean in God's sight when we come to him, repent, and are saved. We received an unswerving assurance that our sins are forgiven, an assurance which creates the faith and righteousness which continues from that specific point in time to develop daily as we walk with Jesus. So we can see that the English words translated as belief or trust do not always really bring out the depth of the meaning of the word faith. It is so much more than just what appears to be a single event when we become followers of Jesus. It is a faithful Working out of God's purposes and grace in our lives, which in turn work hand in hand with our regenerated identity in Messiah. Although Paul in Philippians 2 verses 12 to 13 tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, we do so by going and living
1: out the very
0: source of our salvation, which is God's word from where we constantly renew our minds and hearts as we are encouraged to do in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. We should do this continually in reverent fear of God and joyful trembling, as the psalmist tells us in Psalm 2, verse 11. So going back to Hebrews 11, it says that faith is the assurance of, Of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen this assurance hope and conviction is within us even if we can't see it or feel it physically it's not based on how we feel at the time it does not even rely on some miraculous sign from heaven you see we have been bought with a price the blood of Jesus We have a promise upon us. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that is very real. This in turn requires us to step out. To rely totally on the complete work of the Messiah on the cross. It is how we function as believers. Letting God have total rule over our lives. As I said earlier. Paul shows us, particularly in Romans and Galatians, that it is by faith, by our complete trust in Messiah's death on the cross, that we are righteous. In getting this message over to new believers in the first congregations, Paul quotes, and he emphasises Habakkuk's message. In Romans 1, verses 16 to 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. And in Galatians 3, verses 10 and 11, Paul goes on to say, For as many as are the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident, for the righteous man shall live by faith. So here we see that the spiritual principle declared in Habakkuk is the foundation stone, not only in that we see God move in the day-to-day events of our lives, but most importantly for our salvation. God is interested in every aspect of us. But most of all, he wants us to receive his salvation. We receive our righteousness in him. We live safe in the knowledge that as we commit ourselves to him, he also commits himself to us. He restores the Garden of Eden ideal to the extent that we become a new creation, as Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. You see, the problem is the constant battle with our old nature. When we sin, the relationship is severed. The relationship remains in place because of God's grace and God's grace alone in our lives. But we need to come to the Father. We need to come to God. We need to confess our sins. Just as we are instructed to do in 1 John. It's a daily process of walking closely with Jesus. You know, I'm comforted that even Paul struggled with his old nature, despite his every effort to maintain a life of faith. The things he wanted to do, he couldn't. And the things he didn't want to do, he did. It was just a struggle. However, he realised that he always had the privilege of coming before the Father, coming to his Heavenly Father and restore that relationship. God wants us to live a life of faith, but not just believing, also doing. Habakkuk says the righteous will live by his faith. So we're talking about demonstrating God's righteousness in and through us, in how we react and act before others. We are to live a life of humility before God and man, because that's what God sees and that's what God rewards. Matthew 23 verse 12 says, whoever exalts himself shall be humbled. And whoever humbles himself shall be exalted. And Proverbs 29 verse 23. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will bring honour. Let's for a moment look at the book of James or Jacob as his actual name was. And let's read a few verses. From chapters one and two, and uh, perhaps we can now see the outworking of faith and righteousness in our lives James one and these uh, I'm going to be reading the, uh, these verses from verses nineteen to twenty five so you may want to turn to it to uh, to read you through it through with me For this you know, my beloved brethren. But everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. And in James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, we read these verses. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing, and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even self-faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognise, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers? and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also our faith without works is dead. You see, our righteousness is lived out as a product of our faith. The template for this was entrusted to the early congregations by Jesus, the first Jesus communities. These are, what I've termed in some of the studies that I've done over the the years, the church unplugged. The church, before it changed, really, out of all recognition of what God originally wanted it to be. The living faith, which the early church community found in trusting Messiah, was the preaching of the gospel and their deeds among the community. They were living the Jesus way. They were believing God, as did Abraham and others that we have already seen. And he counted as righteousness to them. And they are an example to us. So who are we being an example to? Let me just ask that question again. As they are an example to us, when we look at, at the likes of Abraham, we look at the likes of Moses, we look at the likes of the early believers in Jesus. These are our examples. So who are we being an example to? Who are we pointing to Jesus by being Jesus? We are Jesus' hands and his feet and his mouth. When people see us, I pray that they see Jesus. You know, the most amazing, probably one of the most amazing testimonies of the early church was that those around them knew and could see that these men had been with Jesus. Do people see Jesus? In our faith, do people see Jesus in our works? The two work together. One can't work without the other. Who are we? Pointing Jesus to by being Jesus. You see, we can't we can't achieve anything without God. And his Holy Spirit working within us. We desperately need to have the Holy Spirit working in our lives. Every single day. Without fail. Without him impairing our lives. Without him directing us every day. Through his word. And through his witness in our spirit. We will struggle. We won't achieve what God wants us to achieve. We can try, but we will fail. As God has not set his seal of approval upon him. So we need to trust him. We need to walk with him. Just returning back to chapter 2 of Habakkuk, back to where we started, before we looked at this wonderful this wonderful idea and reality and truth of not just an idea but the truth of faith and righteousness. We see some other very important things. We see that God has got no time for the proud. He made that clear from the Garden of Eden onwards and even before then, When Lucifer, the archangel, wanted to be as God, he was proud. It was the first sin and it's the number one sin. It was Lucifer's downfall. And this terrible sin has permeated mankind since the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Fast forward to Habakkuk's day and we see that God still has no time for the proud. Despite their reputation and the intentions for dominance, God had no time at all for the Babylonians or as they're termed the Chaldeans in the book. He had no time for them. And Habakkuk reveals this as we read on in the rest of the chapter where God says that their day will come. And we know, don't we, both from the stories in the book of Daniel and ancient history, it shows us that their day did come. God did have his way. You see, God continues to show us that he is ultimately in control of our future as we acknowledge him in true obedient faith and in righteousness. It's been a wonderful subject to study together. But it all starts at the cross. And if you have never made the choice to follow Jesus, or perhaps you've done so in the past, but now you're far from God, now is the time for you to make that decision. Now is the time for faith to be birthed within your spirit. Faith is the time. Now is the time for faith to become a reality in your life. Not tomorrow, not next week, not when you think, oh, I'll get round to it one day. But the Bible tells us that now is the day of salvation God is speaking to us all he's he's reminding us that we need to live a life of faith he's reminding us that we need to live a a life of righteousness and he's bringing us constantly back to the cross where it all starts where it all begins there is no other way except through the cross if you want to know more about this contact us. Get in touch with me. Get in touch with Pastor Steve. The details, our contact details are on our website. They're on our Facebook page. And we would be happy to introduce you to Jesus. He would give us great joy to do that. So, to wrap up this week then, we're going to pray. And uh, I trust that This has been a good introduction to a fantastic subject. Take the opportunity to get into God's word and study it for yourself. Test out what you've heard. And uh, let it get right into your soul and into your spirit. And Let's walk closer to Jesus every single day. So let's pray together heavenly father we thank you for the wonderful truth that you love us and that as we come to you as we repent you birth faith within us saving faith that you make us righteous that you justify us it's like we've never sinned in god's sight and it's all because of you it's all because of the cross it's all because of the fact that you gave yourself for us and lord i just pray lord that we will just think about the things that we've looked at today lord that you will be glorified in the way that we live out our lives and that the righteousness of christ will be seen within us we ask these things in the name of jesus Well, that's it for this week. And uh, we'll be looking at Habakkuk chapter 3 next week. So I look forward to that. I look forward to seeing you again. Join us next week uh, when we come probably to the conclusion of these studies. And uh, understand how we are to live in the joy of the Lord. So I'll see you next time. God bless you. Amen.